Hi, I'm Dr. Mitch Harlan, and welcome to the Truth Talks podcast. Today's episode, I am here with Greg Aiden. Greg, how are you? Wonderful. Thank you. This is what's really fun about this stuff. In Truth Talks, we have all kinds of different stories. Everybody's got a personal story. This one's kind of fun for me because we're going to be talking about leadership. This is what your this is your wheelhouse. This is what you do. I'm going to ask you some tough questions today, too, because uh, obviously leadership is something I'm into, I, I enjoy, and I think there's a whole lot of questions a lot of people don't ask. You're yeah. going to get those today. Can you handle it? Absolutely. Well, you better be, or you wouldn't be the leader, right? <laughs> That's true. Tell me a little bit about Greg Aiden. Tell me about you. Uh, simply put, uh, born and raised in Albuquerque, did all, my, did all my education there in Fort Lewis College down in Durango, uh, jumped into hospitality early on in my life. Um, my start, I would say... This little bitty resort in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, called Marriott's Tantera. I was a bellman there and met a bunch of people during those years that I was in, not only a bellman, but in management, that are still into my, in my life today. So I believe in when you go down a road, there's a Y or a T, and that was the beginning of my understanding of when we have those Ys and Ts and decisions we make. I came back uh, after school and got into hospitality for eight years with Marriott and then did some financial service stuff. And then had a big job with a huge company where I did franchise sales and development. Um, was married once before. I, I call it a, a, a trial run. I, I, I was in love but didn't realize what a marriage commitment was. And then I got, uh, when I left IHG, I did so because I was working a big job and I had fallen in love again. And this, uh, this woman and I decided to adopt a little guy from Russia soon into our relationship. During that uh, during that adoption phase, we ended up getting pregnant, and I was also, oh, by the way, climbing one of the largest mountains in the world, Mount Aconcagua in Argentina. And to make a long story short, Dr. Mitch, um, when I was about 18,000 feet up that mountain, I realized that for the first time, this man that thought he was invincible, the world was telling, I, telling me I was fantastic by the money and the awards and the recognition, and I actually thought that was important. And... That's that's the beginning of the end of this, that story. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because we, you know, we talked a little bit off camera, as, as I do with every guest, and that's always where the best stuff happens, right? That's where everybody dumps out their hearts. So we, we, we just kind of want to dump all this stuff out. When it comes to leadership, first question I'm going to ask you is, when you learn about leadership, did you learn it out of a book or did you learn it from life experience? Life experience, for sure. Is there any other way of learning leadership? Negative. And I believe leaders are not born they're not made, they, they choose to be leaders. And those are not my words, those are from some of the great leaders out there, and, and I'm evident of it. I've, I've decided, I always decided, Dr. Mitch, and I, was, I wanted to lead. When there was a void in leadership, I stepped in. I always wanted to be the guy in the front of the room. Are, are you an adrenaline junkie, or are you a, a guy that has a passion to lead? Passion to lead, no doubt about it. And, and did that come from early on? I would say that uh, by, by experience, again, from having an opportunity to step forward, absolutely. And was always that guy who wanted to ask other people, what do you think? Do you believe if we work together we could get this done? I didn't even know it was leadership. And in fact, in college, uh, I thought I was going to be in management. I couldn't wait to be a manager. And I didn't even know about leadership until later in life. Because, you know, in, in, in here, we, you know, all the stories that we collect, are, uh, there's a plethora of reasons why we bring on stories that we do, right? Uh, we bring on a Navy SEAL, and, and, and I'm going to already lead you into this whole thing of commitment. Sure. I don't know of any bigger commitment, right? 
I'm going to take you down this road of, of a guy, Jared Coffey, who literally sat in a, a Hanoi Hilton for seven years and, and eight days uh, by himself in this thing, not knowing every time that door shut up, he's going to die or not. We tell these stories because I believe that leadership many times is not just being the top guy in, in the whatever it is you're doing. Right. Give me your version. Give me your definition of what you believe leader or leadership means. Absolutely simple for me. It's servant leadership first. And by that, I mean we, we serve the people that are following us first. Then we lead them. And we lead them not for ourselves. We lead them for, uh, to elevate those around us. So if we're focused on those that are following us, we're focused on the employees. In my case, my two boys. That'd be another little side story. That's leadership, is what can we as leaders do for you, follower, you children, you employees? So in short, it's serving first, leading second, and being, being there for somebody else. And again, it's, it's not about you, leader. And that a lot of, a lot of leaders, Dr. Mitch, don't want to hear that because they believe they've arrived and they're invincible now. And you know what I think about invincibility already. <laughs> right. Well, you know, that's kind of funny because I do believe you're correct with that. And you know what, what, what I have to do in my job here when we're doing a podcast with somebody is I got to draw out the things that make you you, right? And, but I got to be honest and tell you that majority of people that I've been around will say things like, you know, the leader is the smartest guy in the room. The leader is, is the guy who's willing to take all the risk and, 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 but wants all the reward. Mm -mm. Fill me in on that. Yeah, you've opened up a really nice door here called vulnerability and humility and courage. And two of those are my, one, uh, my five principles. It, again, it's, it's not about the responsibility to lead others. It's about the honor and the privilege to be in front of others and to ask them, what should we do? You're not the smartest person in the room. You actually, and I believe Ted Kennedy said that you hire, or JFK, we hire people that are smarter than us to do the jobs that we don't know how to do. Now that's humility and courage. Sam Walton said, always hire people smarter than yourself, you'll never be out of job. That's perfect. You know, and that's, that's what's kind of fun. What separates your program from other programs? Challenging, direct, honest, um, and again, I come from a place of servant leadership. I honestly believe that my job is to ask the customers, the, my clients, what is it that you want to create and what are you willing to do to get there? So right out of the gate, I'm, I'm focusing on what it is they want to create, but more, more importantly, what is the commitment that you will make yourselves, not me, yourselves and your, and your organization better? And a lot of people, Dr. Mitch, don't want to be challenged. They want to be appeased. They want to be taken care of, and that's not who I am. As a coach, I'm going to get in and coach you, and when it gets tough, then you and I are going to know we're on the right trail. Would you say that your, your, one of your best qualities is, in order to lead, you got to get the best out of your client? Absolutely, and it's my responsibility, and it's an honor to ask them what it is they want to do and where do they want to go. And if I hear something that's going to push them, I can push them. I will challenge them to get there. How honest are you with your clients? Is there some that you just know right away, hey, you're, it's not going to work, you're not going to make it? Well, it, yes. There's a, there's Usually my clients come in groups, uh, a team, a, a department, an organization, and there's typically 10% of them who, A, don't believe this is for them. They have no idea why someone signed them up for it, and they turn into a victim. So I find that as a really fun, unique challenge to pull them into the ownership. 
ask them to own who they are, own their you-know-what. The 70% of them are ready to go and eager, and the other 10 or 20% are, are already out the door leading. The, the moment I get and I see somebody in this leadership role that says, do these top five things and you will be successful, I close the door. I'm yeah. done with that. I believe that leadership is investing in that person and sharing of ideas and moving on. Tell me what you feel about that. So connecting my, my 58-year-old person now to my five, six, eight-year-old person way back when, and my dad, who just passed away on Tuesday, by the way, would say, mm, sorry to hear that. you asked why more than any human being I ever met. Now, you can imagine he was kind of stoic, straightforward, not full of a lot of uh, sense of humor at times. I probably annoyed him. But in my opinion, that's one of the best qualities of a leader is to say, why are we doing this? And can a answer that same question from their followers. So I'm just, I am curious, but I'm curious to a point where I'm about you. I'm asking you these questions, Mr. And Mrs. Client, because you said you want to grow. Now let's open you up and find out exactly what you're afraid of and what you want to go and love or go and grow with. So let me ask you this. Obviously, you've been successful. And has the times changed? Have you had to change your programs in order to take what made you successful and move it over into different areas today? I would say that the, uh, the, the times have created a, a beautiful opportunity, Dr. Mitch, to, to serve in a, in a unique way. I, I took on the challenge and recognized that the thing that I thrive on is to be in a room with 15, 16, 20 people facilitating that, that day. There's no mistake I miss that. But I've also become very aware that if, if, we, if we can stay present for two hours at a time, we can do this virtually. You kind of have that presence, too. You kind of got this, this cool hairdo. Uh, <laughs> you're also tall and thin. I bet you look good in a suit. Uh, that probably helps a lot. But, you know, I'm a pretty good judgy character, and I don't have to meet somebody very long uh, to know that their heart is in it, right? Like, they, they really, truly are there to help. It's not about the money. It's about doing the right thing. What, what is it that you believe is uh, the Greg, what, what is the secret behind your success? Yeah, I would say that I, I do a, a really good job of enduring myself to the client. And you said it, uh, speakers, leadership people come in, they get, they get paid well to come in and speak. They'll show up 45 minutes in the morning before their presentation, speak, leave, and they're either on to their next gig or they're just, they're just done with them. To me, that's not a, that's not a servant leader approach. I'm, I'm there the night before. If there is a reception, I'm milling around getting to know people. I don't walk up to people and tell you, hey, I'm Greg Aiden. I'm your speaker in the morning. Now, if they've seen the agenda, they might notice that, oh, I'm talking to the person who's going to be addressing us in the morning. But I just want them to be a human being, which is, oh, by the way, who I am. So I come from it. We are all humans first. Then we're men and women. And then we're leaders. So I try and meet them where they are and as hard as it may say, one of the biggest and the most difficult uh, qualities of a leader is to stay humble. Now, I'm not always humble because I want to win. I want to move people. I want my boys to be better. And sometimes I lose sight of humility, but I know that's important. So the more I can stay humble and present, the more I'm, I'm able to serve another human being. And I think there's something interesting because you and I talked about this a little bit before too. You don't just take your leadership to business. You also use these same skill sets at home. Absolutely. With family, with raising kids. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I, meant, I stopped when I was uh, on the mountain. I'll, I'll finish that story. It was 18,000 feet up, and I realized I, have, I was overwhelmed. 
to be honest with you, I had no idea why I was halfway around the world on one of the tallest mountains with a pregnant wife and a newly adopted son at home. And if you watch that little movie at the very end, I look in the camera and I say, who does that? Well, I did. And I have no regret that I went. I know I could have made better decisions. But what I tried to do is I tried to be the, the man to my wife at the time, but I really focused on how do I become a father that I don't want to say I never had, but I didn't really know. So I became really present and involved with being the best dad that I can be. I resigned from my job. I obviously got, I got divorced. And by the way, to those listening, don't resign from a big job and get divorced in the same six months. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. That's, that's number one on the leadership rules. Don't yes, do this. Yeah. yeah, it's not in any of my programs, but it should be. You know, for me, if I, if I ever go to a seminar on leadership or, or whatever, to me, I have to connect with the person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I don't need five steps, man, because I can tell you right now, I'm not going to do them. No. So, but if I connect to the person and, and somebody tells me that, that alone, uh, hey, don't, don't change, no, don't leave a high paying job and get divorced at the same time. Dude, to me, that's gold. That to me is leadership. That, yeah. That's the, what I need to know, those type of things, right? Um, and, and I know that your program is, is a lot about that. And I think that is, uber successful in and of itself. What is your biggest challenges when it comes to leadership? Well, I'll go back to the question I, I, I didn't answer completely, and that is my how I lead at home. Yeah. My biggest challenge is my greatest opportunity, and that is to prepare Brooks and Jackson. Brooks is nine, Jackson is 11, soon to be 12, on how to be a, a good human, how to be kind and considerate, how to be patient, how to be humble, how to be courageous. If you think about it, what I'm asking my sons to do and who I'm asking them to become is exactly what I do with clients. And, but I'm, I could be in a ball cap and we're out on the baseball field. And when someone throws their bat down and says they quit, I'm going to ask them, why are you really here? Are you going to give up just because you struck out? You know, it's just little life lessons and all the moms and dads listening go, well, we do that, we do that. But are you truly present? Do you put your you-know-what phone down and do you, do you look them in the eyes when you speak? Do you ask them, how can I be a better dad today? How can I be a better parent today? And again, Dr. Mitch, I would tell you that's probably the juiciest question I've ever asked and I get the biggest response from because if you think about it, they're present, they're curious, and they're going to answer the question truthfully. And you, you can't imagine some of the responses I get when I ask, how may I be a better dad? And I serve them accordingly. Now, if it's to stay up till 2 o'clock or eat candy until 1 in the morning, of course it's not going to happen. But <laughs> I, I listen and then I serve. And I, I just wish someone would have done that with, when I was little. So now I'm giving it back to the world by recommending this, in my opinion, servant leadership. You can do at home as well and have a blast with it. How, how important is the 9- uh, and almost 12-year-old in your leadership role now? They are, they are probably the as important as anybody I've ever been around in my life. Do they teach you a whole lot of lessons that you get to then teach to us as adults? Humility and courage and integrity, to be honest with you. There's, there's times where Brooks will say, Dad, you said, meaning, hey, goofball, we're holding you to your word. You said you'd be done in 15 minutes. You said we were going to leave at 4. So if I'm not honest and integral with my word at home, how can I look an audience or a group of human beings and say, integrity, I am, I am, my word? You either live it or you don't. 
This is why I was excited to have you on the show, because I believe that 100%, right? It's like it's the real-life experiences that then allow you to go be extra special in leadership. I think that all of these things get put in our lives so that we get to go on to, if you're going to talk about leadership, you have to have, you don't have to have the losing the great job and, and, sure. and the divorce. You don't have to have that. But that's what I do with Truth Talks. That's what we do with all these stories. That is That was your path. But you have turned those things into great learning opportunities. And, I, and that's what I really like about what it is that you're doing. And I would tell you, Dr. Mitch, I've learned from all the relationships in my life. And if I haven't learned something, it's probably my fault. Or I was at error. So I've gone, I've gone back and apologized for being the person that I, I didn't know I was being. And everyone that I meet today who knew me then would say, you seem more aware. And a lot of them have said, you certainly seem more humble, uh, meaning you're not a narcissistic you-know-what anymore. Right. And I didn't even know I was. And I would say to the men that are listening, just ask yourself how you can be a better dad, a better partner, a better leader, because you want to, not because you have to. And I, I coach with want versus need, Dr. Mitch, because I believe that the needs are relatively understood. Roof, food, transportation, water, mm. you know what I mean. Meanwhile, I want to know what's in the soul of a human being and in the heart, and I want to know what is it that you want. And I just listen, because well, anything's possible. Tell us about your program. Where, where are you going with it? What are you doing? The most exciting thing I want to share right now is the Leadership Development Day on February 4th, and it's a dream I had back in March, April, when, when this stuff we're going through all became real, and I realized, why do we limit ourselves to 150 people in a, in a hotel ballroom? Why don't I assemble some of the great leadership experts and communication experts, and I know some of which are here in Denver, and ask them to share their story? What? Did I miss that phone call? Uh, well, Chad mentioned to me early on that you might not be available in the month of February, so you better get on the show in January. <laughs> How about if you and I work together in 2022? <laughs> All right. I can, I, well, I mean, we're, I'm getting old. I'm trying to be really humble here. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. See, I wish that was I great skill set. sooner. How's that? <laughs> All right. Great. That's yeah. perfect. That, so, so tell us about this whole conference. Give me the whole spiel. You bet. One it's, to many is what you're talking about. It is. And it's, uh, I've assembled 15 to 16 really good speakers. They're going to share their, their short and powerful stories within 18 minutes. So it'll be speaker, speaker, a little break, speaker, speaker, a little break. And we're just going to continue to feed the people that are attending, uh, are watching it. It's a, it's a global conference. We're inviting everybody who, who wants to join. It's, it's only $57. So... The, the idea is to make it affordable, make it available, and, and here's the nut of it. I believe that if you're watching this day of development, the Leadership Development Day, that you can shift in, in the moment if you want to. You can actually start to grow with something that makes sense to you, and you can, you can apply it. A couple of speakers I had on the other day were talking about the reason they're participating is because they believe that knowledge given sooner than later can be applied sooner than later. So it's really all about... Listening to, listening to the stories, adapting them to your own life, your own situation, and then making a decision, hmm, I want that. I'm going to apply it to my scenario. You mean truth talks? Truth talks, yes. <laughs> it's the same concept, right? It is, isn't it? It is, and it's what's so beautiful about it, right? We shared a story within five minutes of a connection very close to us, right? Yeah. The world is really that connected, and I believe wholeheartedly 
about the connection. Like I would go to you for leadership for the fact that we can have a discussion that not only makes me think, makes me curious, but at the same time gives me options and opportunity to learn something completely different. Well, you said two of my favorite words right in that, that sharing, Dr. Mitch, is I believe. I love people who talk about what they believe versus what they think. It's not something I'm picking on with people. I just, I believe. When you share what you know is true or you believe is true, it's got more juice. And then also connect. I, I believe that relationships have been fragmented because we either don't have the desire or the, or the courage to, to connect. And I mean make a real connection, not contacts on LinkedIn or Facebook, but like you and I are connecting right here. It's just almost impossible when you want to. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just being interviewed. You asked me to share my story, and I'm learning a lot about you. And it's, it's the authentic way to connect. And that's what I'm recommending a lot of people slow down and take an opportunity to what is it you believe in and, and go out and connect with someone. And I, I do. I, I love the whole world approach to, to leadership because it sounds to me that with your program and, and, and how you orchestrate it is, it's, it's not just business. It's not just making money. It's not just, it's your whole life. And I believe we're all whole life creatures, right? Mm. The good, the bad, the ugly. But that leadership skills that you're able to provide people can get you through all different types of life. And think about what you just said, whole life. You're not, you're not complaining about work-life balance. You're actually asking people to consider their entire or their whole life. And you make, we make decisions. Do you want to be overwhelmed at work by working too many hours, then come home and, and not recognize your kids and or your spouse? Or do you want to do the other? You spend way too much time fooling around, and when you get to work, people are yelling at you. It's, it's the choice we make to balance our own life, and no one's coming to rescue you. I, Todd Musselman told me this years ago. He said, no one is coming. No one is, you can lay on your couch and whatever all day. You can sit in your office. No one's coming. So look in the mirror and ask yourself what it is that you want and go get it. I, I don't know how, to, I don't want to make it more difficult. Maybe it's because I don't have a PhD. I don't have four masters. I just have the unique ability to link up with someone that I believe really wants to grow. And if they do, I'm your guy. You know what? That's really funny you say that because um, I did a lecture here a while back and, and you know, everybody's got 14, 15 letters behind their name and uh, <laughs> um, go through the whole, you know, dog and pony show, right? And at the end of the, at the, end of the conference, uh, this lady comes up to me and she goes, hey, here's a couple questions I want to ask you. And this lady, uh, I promise you, didn't, she didn't have any numbers behind her name. And, and well, she might have, I guess, but... She was one of the staff at the, at the hotel that we were doing it at. And she sat there and she had this conversation. I had a 30-minute conversation with her. We ended up leaving. We go to dinner that night. And the, one of the other speakers says, what did you learn? What, you know, what, what was the best part of this? And I said, talking to that lady that delivers water back there. Mm. And what was shocking to me is how shocking it was to some of the other speakers. Yeah. That was way more than all the BS crap that was going on up there. It was this lady had a real-life story that applied to what we were talking about. I'm just a big believer in that, and I can tell you're that kind of guy, and I love that. that. That's that belief in if I need to go through this leadership, that's what I like about it. You said real, and you're all about truth, and you want to talk about it. I don't know what else there is in life to do, to be real and be truthful. And a lot of leaders, speakers, and I would throw in there people who have um, take care of themselves financially, sometimes they don't notice the people that are bringing them water. 
They don't notice the person who's taking care of their car. They don't notice the person that's cleaning their room. And that's their choice. I, I choose to notice the little things because I know that's where I'm from. If I wouldn't have done the little things better consistently, I would not be sitting here today. Tell me who your wheelhouse is. Uh, take somebody like me trying to help me become a, a, more in a leadership role when I got a you know 180-word vocabulary. Some people say it's about the same as a gray parrot mm-hmm. from Missouri. Right. That's the way it works. How do you, who's, who's your wheelhouse? Well, I love three industries, specifically hospitality, because that's where I'm born and raised. I love financial services, and I'm really into healthcare. I honestly believe that healthcare could use a big dose of hospitality. And I've, I've pr- provided uh, a couple hospitals here in Denver, what I call the PEI, or the uh, Patient Experience Index, very similar to the Guest Service Index, and I was aware of in, in hospitality. I like working with teams that need to or could grow together if they want to. So I like to start out with interviews, walk that group through a retreat, and then coach those people individually. That's kind of my perfect client, whether it's 15 to 20, that's kind of a sweet spot. As far as the human beings that are in it, it's interesting that as I get assigned to them as a leadership coach or an executive consultant, what ends up happening more often than not is we talk about their entire life. So what we're working on here you could take back home. What, how you're learning to be more humble and be a better listener and ask more courageous questions. Oh, by the way, Susie and Johnny and your spouse back home would benefit significantly by your, your shifts. So individually, I, I don't put myself out as a one-on-one coach. I put myself out as, a, as an executive consultant that likes to work with teams. Because I believe the juice is when the teams want to work together and they come together and they're more efficient with their word, this is where I, I will defend servant leadership around any other type of leadership. When I'm asked, it sounds like your work is soft. So I ask you, is being more efficient with your word, telling the truth sooner than later, being more curious, doesn't that save time, money, and energy? And when an organization saves all of that, their EBITDA, their ROI, their bottom line is going to grow. And so I've stopped defending it. I just say, if you want to grow and you want to save money by being more efficient with your word, Let's talk. No, I love it. You just seem extremely, extremely authentic to me, and I love the whole, the whole human approach. I mean, I think that you, it, there's no doubt in this world that if you're happy at home, you're going to be happy at work. If you're happy at work, you're going to be happy at home. I don't know if you can separate all that type of stuff. I've never seen it work real well uh, any other way. But I tell you what, Greg, I loved having you on this show, man. Me too. This was Thank absolutely you. fantastic, and I hope... Uh, one more time, we want to tell everybody what you got coming up. So tell everybody that story again. You bet. It's the Leadership Development Day. Uh, it's from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on uh, Thursday, February 4th. You can find out more information on my website, AidenLeadership.com. And we're all over Cvent and LinkedIn and Facebook. So if they're tuning into your show, hopefully there'll be a link to the conference. And, uh, you know, why don't we find some time during the conference for you to make a cameo appearance? Dude, I'm all in. This is wonderful. Uh, We certainly will promote that, obviously. Um, It's been a pleasure having you you on the show, and I'm sure we'll do something again. Uh, But yeah, I'd love to do anything with you, my friend. Thank you. All right, appreciate it. it.